Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. And the title of our podcast today is Death Do Us Part, the story about convicted killer Robert Rattlesnake James. Robert Rattlesnake James was a murderer, and we're going to talk about his dastardly deeds. But before we do, let me remind let me remind everyone we are a true crime comedy podcast. We use adult language. And um, so if that you find that offensive, then we would invite you to check out some of the other fine, fine podcasts out there, like They Walk Among Us, and Brandy's got a suggestion. Yeah. Um, Steve Pappas, one of our listeners, does a thing called So This Is Adulting. Is that right? Yes, it's a podcast. It's a, it's funny. amazing. It's yeah, very it's funny. funny. It's very funny, and, and um, he does a great job with it. So it's not true crime. Uh, it's a little off the beaten path, but it's a wonderful podcast. So if you get a chance, check it out. Yes. And since uh, I, I guess I should have introduced you, whatever I will do that now. Um, okay, let me introduce the uh, lady who is uh, known throughout the land as Brandy the Benevolent, Her Majesty Brandy the First. How are you, Queen Brandy? <laughs> All right, how are you? I'm fine. Hey, we're doing this podcast without the Colonel today because he's a diva. Yeah, he was here, but he left early. So diva. Um, we decided we want to go ahead and get this out. So we apologize. We, I know we've been doing this. I don't apologize. Well, I apologize to our listeners because we don't have all three of us together. I know. We're working on it. Uh, yeah, we are working on it. So until then, um, you're just stuck with Brandy and I. So we talk about Rattlesnake James. What's been going on with you, Brandy? Uh, we had New Year's. You, yes. the whole Everyone did, actually. Everyone. You. I, well, I said we. Okay. I said we. The collective we. Collective we had New Year's. It was all, it was, you know, I had, I went over to my relative's house and my, they're mainly Mormons. My husband asked me. If Do they we, believe in New Year's? They believe in New Year's, but my husband asked me if we were going to party like it was 1899, oh. <laughs> which was pretty close, pretty close. I left there about 1030 and came home to watch a intervention marathon. So I oh. was, ha- I was a happy girl. I watched the Twilight Zone marathon. Did you? Yes. How was it? Oh did it scare God. you? It did. No, it's, it's, yeah, it was great. Well, I good. Maybe. 10 or 12 shows. Ah. Did you? Like in a row? Because that's big for you. Oh, I mean, Did you watch them in half hour I, well, increments? I mean, it's like over the weekend I watched it. Oh. Yeah. No, not. not. Don't, be, don't, be, don't be silly. I know. I didn't. Whatever. I know. Uh, Sorry. I can't, I can't watch TV more than 20 minutes. I get nervous. Yeah. Because um, that's not weird. Hitting it right. So, um, 
We're talking about maybe doing another DweebCon in October. I read that. Are you excited about that? I would love to do another DweebCon, Wrath of Brandy, whatever Wrath you of Brandy, yes. Whatever you decided to call it that time. I would love to. DweebCon 2. Yes. Yes. Uh, we're looking at fall, like late September, early October. So if you want more information about that, join our Facebook group page, History Reads the Podcast, where we'll be hashing out the details, Brandy. I Evidently, that's what's going to happen. Are you... Are you uh, do you feel a little sad that uh, the colonel's not here? I do not. He was here, but he just left. He did. Without any consideration to our listeners. None. To hell with the colonel's bad girls, I think is what he said. I, I, I think he did, too. Yes. I, uh, I thought I heard that. I, he- I definitely heard it, and um, he is a bit of a diva. We've Forsaken been having – we're having problems with him anyway. Yes, but he should be back next time. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. a shame. I know. Ooh, wait, wait a minute, though, and I want to send out a thank you to Tommy Lane, who sent me three screwdrivers in the mail. Oh, nice. Like real screwdrivers or like the drink? No, like real screwdrivers. Oh, well, that was nice. For when I feel stabby. And some really sweet-ass Post-its. So I appreciated that. That was very sweet. and I got some very nice stickers from our friends at Bloody Murder. And it's probably for all of it. Yeah, I didn't get one. Where's mine? Well, I'll work on it. But thank you. Is that uh, going to be too much for you to take on the bus? Darren Barney, thank you. For the very nice stickers, I, it's really appreciated. Can you get them on the bus, or do you have to? For all those people who send us very nice cards, yes, I appreciate you. that. At, uh, Christmas time, that was very nice. Yes. So uh, we've 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 got some very nice listeners, Brandy, and I don't I know. know why they all like the Colonel because I don't either. But I love our listeners. I, I think they're too. pretty spectacular. But, not, uh, but the Colonel doesn't. He just he just uh, uh, you know he doesn't take his obligations seriously he's a twat waffle yeah so he's I want my sticker though let's talk I want all my right, sticker all right see it's on the back of my computer I saw that Bloody and murder. I want to know can you bring mine on the bus I mean will it I fit will in your bring, bag I will bring it someday you'll bring uh, shout out to Matthew he Sunday. Sent me a message saying happy new year to you and me and to Chuck so thank you we Matthew. got I, we got a lot of that yes. we got a lot of that and happy new year to all of you I yes. hope that you have it is Wednesday, so I hope that you all have recovered. Yes. Had I been drinking on New Year's, I would still not be recovered. You know who's not having a good New Year's? Who? Robert Rattlesnake James. Well, tell me about him, Timmy. Let me tell you about him. All right. Robert James. He's got two first names. See Jesse's brother? I uh, know. No, he was a well, little bit. Stupid. Uh, he, he was born in the 40s, 1940s. All right. He was married five times, Brandy. Well, him Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> Yeah, just like Elizabeth Taylor. And had a long-term affair with his own niece. Pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, she was young, too. So, at, least, at least two of his wives died under suspicious circumstances, Brandy. In each incident, Robert collected large sums of money from insurance companies. Of course he did. In 1940, Robert James was convicted of first-degree murder and became the last person to be hanged in the state of California. So he he has that to you know, oh that to brag about. Well, I guess he can't brag about it. But well, he sure can. He, he can. Bobby James. He, he can brag about it in the afterlife. Robert S. James Brandy. If he had a BJ. If he had a let's call him BJ. No, let's no. If he had big baby. a uh, monogram handkerchief, it would be R. S. J. I like BJ better. Was actually born. His name was Major Raymond Lisbaugh. 
Listen, bar. Major Rainbow. First of all, I'm sure you fucked that up. But second of all. L-I-S-E-N-B-A. Listen, bar. But his first name was Major. Major. M-A-J-O-R. I don't like that. Why are they giving him? Why are they giving him military rank out of <laughs> out of the vag? Like, yeah, like out of the vag, they're giving earned, him that. Really. Well, it should. People who give themselves military ranks without <laughs> that's kind of a bitch move. Wish my parents named me Archduke. Me too. That'd be so cool because we'd be the only podcast with an Archduke. We would. Maybe I'm just name it. Maybe I'll just, you know, we talked last time about, I talked last time about changing my name to Diablo, but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think about Archduke Diablo? I take, I'd go for it. That's what I say. I say, damn the man, <laughs> go hey, for I'll it. i put that on Tinder, on my Tinder profile. Oh, you'll get it <laughs> you know, thrown at you. <laughs> because I'm telling you what, you know, thrown. women don't get to sleep with an Archduke very often. They do not. And I, you'll have Pooh Nanny coming at your ears. Well, Major Raymond Listenbaugh was born in 1895 to Alabama sharecroppers. See, that they was kind of, <laughs> that's like, what is that kind of when you know, you're like, you're, they're visionary. Oh, it's predetermined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, you know, they, you, it's like naming. If they call him Major, eventually he'll be a Major. Yeah, like naming your kid, you know, Sparkle. But why, why wouldn't you name him General if you're going to, I mean, you seem General, like you're. you're General's you're put, pushing it. <laughs> It seems like you're, you're, you know, you're weighting the kid down. <laughs> you know, you're putting, well, you're putting uh, yeah, limits but, on his expectations. But then if he achieves that, then he's general major, and that doesn't make any sense. That's stupid. That's true. His whole but name. No, that's why I'm saying call him general instead. His name is dumb, actually. I'm glad he changed it. <laughs> he was an odd boy, Brandy. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> seems like we get that a lot when we own these stories. Imagine that. He was that. an odd boy who was expelled from school for putting poisonous uh, poisonous spiders uh, on the toilet seat in the teacher's restroom. Well, <laughs> boys, like, boys will be boys. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a... <laughs> is that out of line? Boys will be boys. Yes. The grade school principal was bitten on the penis of, uh, by one of the spiders and had to be hospitalized for several weeks. I have a problem with that. First of all... <laughs> What's I have a problem. problem. Well, well for, he had a problem with it too, obviously. Well, look, if they're See, on, if he didn't get bit on the penis, he probably would never got expelled. But here's the thing: if they're on the toilet, wouldn't you squish them when you sat down? I don't know. But Are they jumping spiders? Because if this guy wasn't a lot of detail exactly look, what happened, and if this guy's than, just standing up to pee, are they jumping spiders that jumped on him and bit his penis? Maybe he was going number two, and they just crawled up underneath. I, but you would think he'd squish them. When he well, sat down on his butt talks. <laughs> Fact is stranger than fiction, Brandy. I, so he's got. So he's in trouble with school because his. Principal, did they have to? Like, did they have to amputate? I don't know, but if you wonder if it happened to like just a regular teacher that he would got as in as much trouble. But I think I think if you set a bug that bites somebody on the penis, I think that you've you've pretty much sealed your fate. Well, in sixth grade, Brandy. Robert was arrested for setting fire to an outhouse on the school property. Sure, because you should arrest sixth graders. <laughs> They're assholes. While another student was inside. <laughs> well, <laughs> come on. It's going a little bit too far. It, it is taking it a little far. In fairness. Because, you know, the kid's running out. He's got his, he's got his uh, underwear around his ankles. Aren't he's you, falling down. Look, in fairness, aren't you supposed to light a match after you go number two anyway? I'm just saying. 
The student was not injured, thank God. Uh, and although Robert was arrested, the charges were eventually dropped. He was permanently Why? expelled from school over the incident. How do you drop? Wait a minute. He goes, you know, wait a minute. He goes, I'm watching every time. I'm not, when he goes into the restroom, I'm not following him. Look, because he goes burning bed on some kid and just gets like nothing. Seriously? <laughs> kicked out of school. Yeah, but I thought he got expelled for getting, for having the teacher's peppy bitten. Well, he did, but he didn't, it, it wasn't permanent. But when he caught the kid. No, when you expel somebody, it's permanent. Yeah. Now. So Come then he on. went to work picking cotton, and um, that it looked like his future was pretty bleak at that point, Brandy. Well. But his sister's husband sent him to barber school. Oh, okay. So he saved him a life of cotton, cotton picking. picking. Cotton picking. Yes. He married his first wife, Maud Duncan. Maud? Uh-huh, at the age of 26, Maud. Aw. The marriage, however, quickly ended in divorce when she discused him of being sadistic and engaging in perverted sexual practices, Brandy. Ew. Yeah, nowadays it's kind of what we all hope for. Yeah, I, I wonder what it was. I didn't get the details of what it was. I wonder if you want to do butt stuff. I'm sure it's at least butt stuff, but I'm thinking it's more like uh, rubber and bondage and... I don't. Mon- back in the forties. Back in the forties. Like oh yeah, because they had all that, you know, True Detective magazine. Dude, it was butt stuff. I'm telling you. Maybe marriage number two also ended in divorce. He's tearing it Remember up. He was married five times. Yeah, he he's tearing it up. Knees. Ended in divorce when Robert skipped town after an angry father came after him with a shotgun for getting his young daughter pregnant. There we go. He soon ended up in Fargo, North Dakota. One of your favorite places. Oh, though. yeah. Yeah. You like that movie, right? It's a TV I show. do. I like the movie and the TV show. I would never, ever want to go there. And he changed his name to Robert James. Is that so the father wouldn't find him? I, yeah, he's on the lamb, I think, then. He married wife number three, Weona Wallace. Wyona. Mm. Wyona Wallace. Wyona is better than Weona. It's <laughs> not much. Well. It's better than Maud. Maud. I don't know. Maud was a great show. Within days, uh, you know she was in the Marines. I did. Within days, and we're talking about, what's her name? B. Arthur. Yeah, not Cloris Leachman. Not Cloris Leachman. She was not in the Marines. She's a different person. But she's amazing, too. I worship Cloris Leachman. Yeah, see, I didn't like, she had that show Phyllis, and it sucked. It was well, I don't know anything about Phyllis, but she's amazing. It was a spinoff of. She's amazingly Mary funny. Moore. Yeah. Like, it had all kind of, it had Lou Grant spinoff. It had Rhoda. Right. Had, uh, I don't know, Ted Danson or Ted. Um, Too Close Knight for Comfort. Yeah, that wasn't a spinoff, but he had his own show. Yeah. Cloris Leachman should have her own show. I would watch Did, her YouTube uh, channel. And what was, what was, what's her name was on there, right? The old lady. Betty White? Yeah. But she, she had a spinoff. I don't know if she had a spinoff, but there's a show. I don't know if she had a spinoff, but she's, she's had, you know, she's had a decent career. Yeah. You I know. Like Rhoda. I think she's dead. She's dead now. She is not dead. Oh, she's dying or something. Not looking good for Rhoda. <laughs> I thought maybe Sparrow. she's dead. Yeah, check that out. I'll look that up. All Go right. ahead. Finish your sentence finally. All right. So within days of the wedding, I'm marrying Wyona Wallace. Uh-huh. Her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, James took out insurance policies on his wife, which included clauses for accidental death. Yeah, you got to watch those. So he takes out this um, insurance policy on her for accidental death. Guess where they went on their honeymoon? Uh... 
I don't know the desert. Pikes Peak. There All we go. Right. <laughs> she is alive. Uh, Rhoda is still alive, hanging in there. But Rhoda's is hanging in there. I think she is not doing well. No, she's better. Uh, well, so you don't know shit from God, Apple God Butter. Bless. What you're talking God about? Bless Rhoda. What's her name? Valerie Harper. Yeah, Valerie Harper. God yeah, bless. shit from Apple Butter. Well, his wife was driving down the mountain. According to James, she apparently uh, lost control of the car and went off the road. He claimed uh, he claimed that he jumped out from the moving car and went for help. When officials arrived at the scene of the accident, they found the car resting against a large rock approximately 150 feet below the road. His wife, Wyona, was just outside the car, her feet resting on the running board. Oh, this is when they had running boards. Remember that? I wish they bring running boards back. Amazingly, she I always ma- hit my shin on them. Amazingly, she managed to survive this uh, large drop uh, and was unconscious. The officials noted that her head was covered in blood. They also discovered a large amount of blood inside the car and a bloody hammer lying on the floor. That would give it away. <laughs> yeah, it, it's probably that hammer. It was probably just flying in the air when they, she drove down and hit know, and hit her in the head 18, 18 times. Yes. Officials couldn't help but notice, Brandy, that although although James claimed to have jumped to safety from the out-of-control car, his suit was amazingly neat. Well, you know. Well, you you shouldn't. uh, You can't walk around disheveled (laughs) after an accident. You could be on the news. Maybe he dusted himself off. You could be on the news. you got to be camera ready at all times. All times. You should not. They should not. uh, I know I am. uh, they should not blame him for being uh, neat. I mean, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that seems to be a little uh, out. Uh, at, at, that was uncalled for. They should not have made note of his uh, neatness. No, that's what should be that's something should be we should encourage. Seems prejudicial. It does. Not a piece of clothing was out of place, Brandy. I'm telling you, not a tear nor a speck of dirt could be found on the suit either. Hmm. So he's well dressed. He takes care of himself. What's wrong with that? I don't know. Weona. Why Nona? <laughs> is immediately taken to the Jesus hospital in Colorado fuck. Springs. And surgeons were able to save her life. <laughs> Bummer for him. Unfortunately, she was unable to remember any of the facts surrounding her terrifying ordeal. She does not remember driving off the cliff. Well, and that's one of those things I would think you'd remember. <laughs> well, yeah, it slips your mind. When Wyona has finally, <laughs> when she was finally released from the hospital, Robert James took her to a remote cabin in Manitow Springs, Colorado. Well, she needed to rest. Wynona needed the, to rest. On the premise that she needed a quiet place See? in which to recover. Yeah. So that's, you're agreeing with this guy. That's legit. All right. Now, the local, uh, Gerald Rogers worked at the local. What was that? <laughs> Gerald Rogers. Worked in the local grocery store in Manitoba Springs. So the IGA. Yeah. Okay. In early in the early evening on October 14, 1932, James entered the store, ordered some groceries, and asked they be delivered to his cabin. Why he just didn't take them with him, I don't know. Well, he ordered them. He didn't want to do all that. Dude, I tried uh, Grubhub over the weekend. That is like I may never go outside again. I'm not surprised by any <laughs> of those just, words. You just pay them and they pick up all your food. And I can't it believe you. it took you that long to try it. I know. I'm a little behind times. Um, well, but it was, especially it was, being the hermit that you are, I can't believe oh my that. God, it was perfect. BW3s, I bring it right to my house. Oh, my gosh. In the end, 
James decided to hitch a ride back to the cabin with Rogers and his groceries. See, I don't understand why this guy's coming. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. So I just want to make sure I have this clear in my mind. So he's delivering. So BJ goes into the IGA Uh and click lists some groceries. Yes. Wants some groceries. So then the two of them, yeah, he wants them delivered. So then the two of them. He has a bad back. He just went through that terrible fall. Well, that's true. But then the two of them ride back to the cabin with the groceries. Yes. Why you need that extra guy? Well, not only they ride back. Yeah, right. They They hitched a ride. Like the two of them hitched a ride, like in a truck. No, he hitched a ride. Somebody with has a car. Rogers was delivering the groceries that to his Rogers. house. Oh, so since you're going there anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's like, can you give me a yeah. ride? <laughs> it's like asking pizza to deliver food to some place and then just ah. going with them. <laughs> so, but it's I mean, cheaper than a taxi. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, since you're going anyway, you mind if I just kind of slide on in there? Apparently that that's what he had in mind. So um, what's well, fucking stupid? <laughs> When the two of the men arrived at the cabin, he told Rogers to take the groceries into the kitchen while he went to search for his wife, Winona. Winona? And where could she be? She's got a huge well, horking head this, injury. see where this is leading. He wants I, I do, right. and I love that. But just take those on in for me. <laughs> James suddenly appeared in the kitchen, visibly upset, Brandy. Uh-oh. And he motioned for Rogers to follow him. The two men entered the bathroom where Roger saw Wyona, Wynona. <laughs> lying on her back in the tub half filled with lukewarm soapy water. She appeared to have died from drowning. Hey, this is after going and driving off the side of the mountain. Hey, stranger. <laughs> hey, stranger. I know we're tight now because you're putting away my cream corn in the fucking cabinet. But come in here because my wife is naked and dead and I need you to see it. Yeah, he wanted a witness, I think. The coroner... This arrived. guy's really not that bright. <laughs> he suggested, the coroner suggested that they do an autopsy. An autopsy? But uh, James, or Robert James, r- refused. Of course he did. Later, he asked the coroner to change the dirt death certificate to reflect that the drowning was a direct result of the car accident. <laughs> remember these guys? Remember right, these guys, right, 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 right. Life insurance. Well, right. He's got to make it look like an a- I don't. I understand. Maybe had the car, had had they been in the car that had gone into the bathtub. (laughs) Well, you know, I think what he's saying here is that if if not for the car accident, she would not be dead in the bathtub. Here's the thing. I understand (laughs) what he's saying. I completely get that. What was the guy's case here in Cincinnati where his wife died in the bathtub? Oh, Ryan Widmer? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he they ended up convicted him, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. We yeah. have to do that case one time. That's an His, uh, he didn't put a car in the bathtub, though. I <laughs> know. This, this guy's a little bit more, a little bit more flagrant um, activities. All right, so um, he gets the coroner to change the, the death certificate to say that it was a direct result of the car accident. Although the death seems suspicious. <laughs> uh, there were no official investigations launched, and James was a, a, able to collect $14,000, the life insurance policy he had taken out on Wyona. Oh, my God. <laughs> immediately before, after they were married. <laughs> I don't know, honey. 
Fourteen thousand back then was a pretty good chunk of change. It's a chunk of change now. Yeah, but back then it was, you know, a bigger chunk of change. Yeah, I get that. With the money, James bought a new car, a Pierce Arrow convertible, Brandy. Ooh. A new ride. And well, now he didn't have to get a ride from the grocer. <laughs> got a new wardrobe. Well, his one car drove off the side of the mountain. We I know what. And he's new wardrobe because he wore his one suit to the car accident. <laughs> he headed back to his hometown in Alabama Bama, to share his good fortune with his family, Brandy. I'm sure. And how does Robert James repay his sister and brother-in-law for sending him to barber school, you might ask? He fucks their kid. <laughs> he seduces their 18-year-old daughter, his niece, Lois Wright. Booyah. And moves with her to Los Angeles, where they set up his barber shop. As he hunts for wife number four. Uh, why didn't he stay in Alabama and just marry his niece? <laughs> oh, we got some Alabama listeners. That's not nice. But Roy Moore would have done that. That's what I'm saying. Now, she's a little bit too She's old. 18. She, yeah, she's 18. She's a little too old for Roy Moore. Um, okay, after his marriage... Uh, oh, wait a minute. Did they say he got married again? No. No. After his marriage, James filed papers to have... Uh, okay, so he got he got married to wife number four, but he had to have what? annulled. Yeah. What happened to wife number three? <laughs> well, three well, was three, Was three Winona? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's Remember divorced. He's twice divorced and now yeah. widower. Yeah, and that, okay. And now we've got wife number four here. Yes. Out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> We got wife he number met four. He married wife after wife number four. He's, that was a short relationship. So she's just a blip. Yeah, they uh, the doctor required him to take a physical exam uh, to get married. And uh, what? He, <laughs> I guess at the time there was some rule or some law that they had to get married. Where they was going to get married for take a physical exam, and he refused to do it. So um, they had the marriage annulled. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me either. But well, I'm just reading it. I understand, and I don't understand why you'd have to do it. And then, but sidebar, I don't understand why there need. Why would you refuse it? Unless he's got the sif or something. I don't know. Why is he refusing it? All right, okay, whatever. Sure. I don't know. It's major. His name is major. His name is major. He's a major pain in the ass, is what he is. During this time, he married wife number five, Mary Bush. Well. <laughs> Mary was a 27-year-old beauty. Now, remember, he's still banging his niece. I got that. Okay. Mary Did he have to get a physical? Mary was a 27-year-old beauty uh-huh. whose unfortunate misstep was the man she chose to fall in love with in 1935 when she answered an ad for a job at a beauty parlor in downtown Los Angeles. The owner of the shop was none other than Robert James. BJ. He was looking for a manicurist, Brandy. Aren't we all? Shortly after Mary was hired, uh, the, uh, shortly after Mary was hired, and two were married uh, within three months. And two months later, the couple was expecting their first child. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's love. On the evening of August 3rd, 1935, Mary fell while she was working at the shop. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Her husband put her in a taxi and sent her home. Very considerate. The following day, August uh, August 4th, Robert opened the store of the shop on his own. <clears throat> he told his employees that Mary was feeling a little under the weather and would possibly come in later in the day if she was feeling better. By 7.30 that evening, Mary still had not made an appearance at the shop. So Robert closed the store for the night. 
he invited two friends, uh, co-workers, his, to join him at his home for dinner. Viola Luke, who was a close friend of Mary's. Viola. And her boyfriend, Jim Pendleton. Okay, so okay. Viola and Jim, he's inviting them over to his house. Okay. All right. When they arrived at his um, pink stucco house, I don't know why I put that in there. Hard but, telling. <laughs> but, it's in, but anyway, they lived in the suburb of L.A. Yeah. Robert was surprised to find the house was dark and there was no sign. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Find Mary. Shocking. <laughs> After searching the house, <clears throat> Robert and his guest headed out to the backyard garden where they made a ghastly discovery, Brandy. Was it ghastly? Mm-hmm. Okay. In the middle of the garden was a fish pond. Several goldfish could be seen darting beneath pink and white water lilies floating on top of the water. Hmm. In the center, center, they sat a bearded gnome. A gnome? A bearded gnome. Okay. Smoking on a pipe. Sure, as they are wont to do. Smiling down upon an unexpected occupant of the pool. That (coughs) occupant was none other than Mary Bush James, Brandon. Oh, man. She was lying face down in the pool with her arms and her legs uh, spread apart uh, uh, behind her back. Somehow. Face down in the pool. Okay. Well, uh, Robert was, of course, shocked. That uh, he's had some very, un- he's unlucky in love, Brandy. Yes, well. Uh, when the police arrived, they brought a physician with them, and Mary was pronounced dead at the scene. Of course. At first glance, it appeared like an accidental gr- drowning, Brandy. Of course it did. <laughs> Women are just drowning all over the place. Mother, <laughs> bitches need to learn to swim, evidently, if well, you marry this you guy. Know, you, well, you run that risk when you have a fish pond and a gnome. Well, right. You could hit your head on the gnome. Those gnomes, though, they're, they're freaky. Because I think they come alive when you're not watching. They don't. Yeah, like when you leave for the day, put a camera in it. Put a gnome in your 
uh, apartment or your house uh-huh. and put a camera in there and leave for the day. Those some bitches come alive when you're when you're not around. Yeah, they don't, but that's okay. I think the gnome is what killed her. Yeah. Um, she had always loved to watch goldfish, Brandy. At first, it appeared that it was an accidental drowning. Robert explained to police that Mary was pregnant and was having dizzy spells. Did you have dizzy spells when you were pregnant? Sometimes. All right. Well, you know that that can happen. It does. Especially when you've got a uh, gnome around. Gnomes tend to kick me off balance. <laughs> There's no place like gnome. She also loved to watch goldfish, Brandy. So you got gnomes, you got the goldfish, you got the pool, you got pregnant woman. I mean, all. What happening? <laughs> It's the perfect storm. Lot happening. <laughs> so when the um, she loved to watch the goldfish, it was surmised that when she became dizzy, she fell, struck her head on the gnome, and uh, you know landed face down in the pool, knocked herself out, landed face down in the pool and drowned. Yeah. That was what the on the on the surface. That's what appeared and what happened. Uh, yeah. Well, on the surface, when the physician examined Mary. Mary's body. He found no evidence of a head injury. <laughs> I feel like they need to look a little harder. But he did notice that her right leg was discolored. Huh. <laughs> and swollen. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that she had a cut right uh, on her right great toe. Big toe, I guess. Right? What? <laughs> when the police searched the house, they found a note to Mary's sister. Robert confirmed it was her uh, it was her handwriting in which she told her sister that she was pretty sick. Her leg was swollen. Something had bitten her while she was watering her flowers that morning, and she was going to go out in the backyard and look at the goldfish. Huh. And she was feeling dizzy. While they were searching, one of the detectives discovered something was out of place. Something was amiss, Brandon. There, well, the cut on the big toe, because nobody cuts their toes. <laughs> He found a bottle of Black Widow Spiders in the dark corner of James's garage. Do you have a bottle of Black Widow Spiders? A bottle of Black Widow yes. Spiders? Yeah, but I only use them uh, for my cauldron okay. stuff. Given the unusual circumstances, the police were about to rule Mary Bush's James uh, murder suspicious. Well, isn't all murder suspicious, really? That's suspicious. You would think. Until he spoke to one of the neighbors. A retired English army officer named Dinsley. Dinsley claimed that he's seen a young woman walking alone in the garden near the pool. Uh, he seen the young woman walk, so he saw her out there by the pool by herself. A coroner's inquest was held, and the question of how Mary James died remained unanswered, Brandy. Fine. Well, unanswered to some. Well, this guy's got pretty bad luck when it comes to his... Um, He's like Chuck. People spouses. just drop dead around him. No. The man's had, you know, he had some losses. What if he gets a tattoo every time a wife drowns? <laughs> God, he's got a sleeve by now. However, mm-hmm. when Robert James filed a claim to collect on his wife's insurance policies, totaling $21,400, he launched a chain of events that would lead to his downfall. Uh, See, always follow the money, Brandy. His claim prompted the usual investigation by the insurance company, but their findings were anything but usual. Robert James, James, BJ, had obtained policies totaling $10,000, naming himself as his wife's beneficiary 
from the mutual life insurance company and the just seems like a prudent thing to do. Occidental Life Insurance Company. Seems like a prudent thing to do. Since you would think. You lost one here's life the trick. A terrible tragic Look, accident. But here's the trick. Driving and, across the mountain, over the mountain. And kids, if you do <laughs> right. And kids, yeah, that's a pretty bad day. You drive off the mountain, then you drown in your bathtub later. Right. Was it who was it? The guy from Def Leppard survived a plane no, plane no, crash. Leonard Skinner. Leonard yeah, Skinner. Yeah, he survived a plane crash and got shot. Yeah, <laughs> when he went to get help for trespassing. That blows. <laughs> um, but here's a lesson for all you kids: when you go to kill your spouse, yes. how about you take out an insurance policy a few years ahead of time? Well, not like three days you ahead never know of time. When things are going to happen, you know. You know you just... Well, for Pete's sake. All right, so, um, oh, so he's got this ten thousand dollar life insurance policy. Right. He tried to push for payment under the double indemnity clause. Well, he should, since it was an accident. The companies refused to pay out, and he filed a lawsuit. I wonder if they refused because there was a gnome involved. Because sometimes the gnome, there's a gnome clause. And if known, is there? Yeah, I went to law school. Trust me. There's a known clause in a many. But you're not a lawyer. It's boilerplate language. You didn't pass the bar. There's boilerplate language in most. Uh, it's not even boiled water language. <laughs> it's in most in most uh, insurance policies. It's, it's known as the known clause. Mm-hmm. And if a gnome is involved in any suspicious death, that they would the insurance companies would not have to pay double indemnity. First of all, gnomes are involved in every suspicious death, and second of all. I don't know. No. I like that little guy that helps me find my flights. Yeah, he's shady. Travel really. Well, yeah, because he wants to know where you're going to be so he can rob your ass later. All right, so he files suit. Unfortunately, he had to settle for $3,500. Well, that seems like a ripoff. Well, he had to admit in court that him and Mary Bush were not legally married at the time <laughs> he initiated the policies. <laughs> Turns out... He was still married and in the midst of an annulment when he pretended to marry Mary. <laughs> pretending to marry Mary. Ugh. The two were not legally married until several months later. Wouldn't, on... you, hate to do, wouldn't you hate to do his, be doing his genealogy? God, what a nightmare. <laughs> First, he changes his name. It's just... His... I have a friend that changed his name. He changed his last name. And I was like, you know, for 100 years, you know, 100 years from now, people are going to be fucked up trying to do your family tree. Yeah. All of a sudden... He's, I mean, he changed his last name. It's like all of a sudden you're there. You'll no, make, no, make no sense to them at That's all. when your family tree turns out to be a wreath. Yes. So, all right. So at the time he initiated the policies, he was still legally married, or legally married to his other wife. Okay. And he didn't, they weren't legally married, him and Mary, were not legally married until several months later on July 19th, just a few weeks before her death. Well, I wonder why they gave him 3500 bucks. I don't know. Probably just away. to shut him up. Yeah. The investigator continued digging and also uncovered the fact that James had been married at least five times, along with the fact that at least one of his other wives had drowned in a bathtub after being heavily insured. Well, see, they should hold that against the man. James, it was a tragic loss for him. I'm sure, sure he grieved for 10 minutes. <laughs> James' payout for her policies totaled about $18,000. In each case, both... Both women died after the first premium had been paid. Dun, dun, dun. That's when you that's when you move make your move because if you pay too many premiums then you're just breaking even. Right. Duh. The investigator decided to go to the police with the fact with I'm going to read this here. The investigator decided to go to police with the facts, his suspicions 
which resulted in them are they facts or suspicions? Suspicious, suspicious facts. Yes. Which resulted in them launching the police, launching an investigation into James's past. All right. So BJ's being investigated. Got that dragnet on it. Joe Friday's on it. Now. For sure. After Mary's suspicious death, James moved back in and openly continued his relationship with his niece. Gross. It's like Jerry Lee Lewis. Well, they're in love. Nope. I bet. She, I, bet I hope she showers instead of things. <laughs> right. Or stays away from ponds. And, and cars gnomes. And, gnomes. and gnomes. During their investigation into Mary's death, the police decided to bug James's residence. Wow. And even though they put it in the gnome, a little mic in the gnome, that's what I would have done. Well, uh, and even though they didn't uncover, I'm sly like that, you are you are so fucking sly. Uh, even though they didn't uncover any evidence to prove that he had murdered Mary, they did have enough evidence to arrest him. For having sex with his niece, because well. he's a foul motherfucker. <laughs> On April 19th, 1936. So they some incestual laws or something? Uh, evidently. Right. On April 19th. It seems a little judgmental to me. 1936, okay. BJ was arrested and charged with incest. It was a felony under California law. He was convicted and received a sentence of 50 years in prison. They don't fuck around with incense out, <laughs> incest out there. Or right. incense, for that matter. <laughs> Fuck your niece, you're going, you're going away from You're going away. <laughs> yeah, that's 30, you, after there, 30 years, can, that's worse than murder. There you can do all the butt stuff you want. <laughs> when the papers got wind of the arrest... Oh, wait, did they arrest her? She was, she, was, she was doing incest, too. I doubt it. It doesn't say. I wonder how, much you, how long he put you away for having uh, relations with a gnome. If the gnome gave consent. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. The papers got wind of the arrest, and they began to delve into James's background and printed his numerous exploits for the world to read. Ah, uh, see, now he's on their radar now. The widespread press coverage coverage got the exact result that the police were hoping for. A liquor store owner came forth and told a reporter from the L.A. Herald a bizarre tale involving a drunk named Charles Hope. When the lead was passed on to police, they were able to track Hope down through the California Motor Vehicle Department. Hmm. It was, hmm. It was not long before the police showed up at a hamburger stand in Hermosa Beach where Hope worked as a short order cook and brought him in for questioning. Okay. <laughs> at first, well, he denied knowing anything about Mary. But after several hours of questioning, he finally admitted that he knew she'd drowned but refused to be more forthcoming with any of the details. However, after police took him back to the pink stucco house where Mary was murdered, Hope finally broke down and related the gruesome details of Mary's murder to the police. See, never trust a short order cook when you're conspiring to commit murder. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. Hope Hope's claims that he well, Hope claims that he entered the James's barbershop one day and said he was broke and could he receive a haircut on credit. <laughs> See that that's here's the thing. Never give someone a haircut on credit because they're gone. After they get their haircut, Fuck they're yeah. never coming back. No. James that's ag- some bullshit right there. Well, James agreed and after Hope sat in his chair. See he did it he did an old bait and switch on him. All right. He wasn't going to give it to him on credit. Uh, after he sat down in his chair, James asked him if he knew anything about snakes. <laughs> uh, 
When hope. That's a curious question. <laughs> so what about you get a free haircut? Yeah, come over here and tell me about snakes. <laughs> you can gauge a little small talk. When hope shook his head in the negative, James went on to explain that he had a friend who wanted to get rid of his wife and wanted to use rattlesnakes to commit the deed. Smart. That's sweet. Robert also told Hope that he would pay him 100 bucks if he'd help him obtain the snakes. Hope, desperate for money. I wonder if he's reading through that friend, you know, that if he's catching on, it's not really a friend. Right. Uh, he was desperate for money, so he jumped at the chance. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. So wait a minute. So even made my. Uh, but did he get a free haircut and a hundred bucks? Wait a minute. Here we go. Or does he have to pay him back for the haircut? Well, no. No, let me tell you. It guy kind of made out like a bandit. All right. So BJ gave Hope a clean shaven bandit. Gave Hope twenty dollars. Okay. And a few evenings later, he showed up with three rattlesnakes he'd purchased at a sideshow in Long Beach. Because right. yeah, you can't just find those anywhere. No. Robert also gave Hope money to have two special boxes in which to house the snakes with sliding glass tops. When Hope came to Robert's barbershop a few days later, he found that BJ was dissatisfied with the snakes and had Hope go to the Ocean Park snake pit and purchase another pair of snakes. Dude, I had this, this guy I know. He, <coughs> he, I mean, he, he collected snakes. And he was spending a fortune on their food. Like they had, he had to have it. Yeah, live to rats. Dried. And, yeah, yeah. No, it'd be like dried. You know, it was freeze dried or whatever. Yeah, and he spent like a fortune on them. Mm. But something I don't know. They did the ones he had did something to piss him off, right, and so he, he like decided. The ones he got for twenty bucks. Yeah, he's not liking that. Uh, a gardener snake or something. He just well, in the backyard. this picky motherfucker here. <laughs> they were also met with James' disapproval. <laughs> And Hope, this poor bastard, eventually ends up in Pasadena. <laughs> there were snakes all over California. Uh, yeah. Where he purchased two Colorado Diamondbacks named Lethal and Lightning. All right. And this is how you know you're getting good snakes. From a man named Snake Joe Hootenbrink. <laughs> now, if I'm going to buy snakes, I'm buying them from a guy named Snake Joe. Hootenbrink. Whatever. I don't care if his last name's Smith. I'm buying it from Snake I agree, Joe. I agree. He sounds like a man of quality. Oh. Pfft. I wonder if that's his Christian name. I don't know. Like Major. Uh, let's see. They were tested on chickens and definitely lived up to their names. So the chickens died. In the Evidently. Robert had decided to use Mary's pregnancy as a way to get rid of her and somehow managed to get her to agree... He's a romantic. <laughs> yeah, he's a keeper. Uh, he managed to get her to agree to have an abortion, All right. which, of course, at the time, abortion was illegal. Right. So on August 4th, 1935, Hope shows up at the James residence, and it was then that Robert revealed the, one, the real reason why he had Hope procure the snakes from Snake Joe. And from evidently all over Hell's Half Acre. He couldn't come too much of a shock to Hope, I would, would not think. I, you know, may, I don't know. Hope also, uh, Robert, sorry, BJ also warned Hope. But, you know, at this point, you've got no other choice but to assist me because he was just as deep as Robert. Well, he did go out and cure snakes. You're in it to win it now. Yeah, don't look at me. This motherfucker here. Good God. Robert convinced Mary that... 
as the procedure was illegal, <laughs> I, Jesus Christ. Mary's a little trusting soul. Oh, love her goddamn heart. Yeah, you know sad. what? It's no wonder she just went down like a yeah, fucking tranquilized She's elephant. She's buying all of this. So, here you go. Wait for this. Robert convinced Mary that as the procedure was illegal, he would have to tape her eyes and mouth shut in order to protect the identity of the doctor. All right. Seems reasonable. After, oh, geez. After Mary consumed several glasses of whiskey as anesthesia, Robert helped Mary lay down on the kitchen table, taped her eyes and mouth, and strapped her down to the table. Love her heart. God bless she was it. Trusting her husband. I mean. Well, for that's her first mistake. Um, Robert then went into the garage where Hope was waiting and had him bring in one of the boxes containing the snakes. Uh, so it's not. It's not going. It doesn't look good right now. It does not. Robert grabbed Mary's foot slid back the glass top and stuck her foot into the box where the snake's immediate the snake immediately sunk its fangs into her big toe three times. And she's probably thinking that's not my vagina. Robert then instructed Hope to take the snakes back to Snake Joe. Well, for a fucking <laughs> refund? I don't think you get refund refunds from Snake well, Joe. They eat him after she they bit her. I don't think you get <laughs> refunds from Snake Joe. I think they have a no return policy. And what's he do with the other motherfuckers? I don't know. He's trying to save a buck. After he sold them back for half the price, <laughs> that doesn't seem like a good deal, does it? He threw the special boxes out along the side of the road. All right. So he's trying to get, he's trying to get he's trying to get some of his money back after they bit her. Yeah. Snakes bit. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I assume they still had the tags on them. <laughs> they had a receipt. Snake Joe keeps some pretty fucking good books. Uh, let's see. So he's only got half the. Joe made out. Snake Joe made out okay. Oh, Snake Joe did fine. <laughs> he basically rented him. Snake Joe's a fucking businessman. He ain't playing. <laughs> yeah, he basically fucking rented him. So Hope flings his shit out on the side of the road. He then goes back to BJ's residence. Where him and BJ go out and sit in the garage drinking whiskey while they wait for the state the snake venom to work its deadly course on Mary. All right. At one thirty in the morning, Mary's leg was swollen and turning a dark purple, but she wasn't dead. She was very much alive and writhing in agony. Oh, she must have. And she probably suffered terribly. It was then that BJ decided, "Fuck this." He'd had enough and decided to fall back on the same method he'd used with his previous wife. Well, that worked before. He carried her limp body to the bathroom and drowned her in a tub. She drove off the mountain first, then did that. I, you know, I don't Details. think he... He wasn't thinking clearly. Sure, he was drunk. Clearly he wasn't. Yeah. Later, Robert insisted that Hope help her carry her to the fish pond and arrange her body to make it appear that she had tripped and fell in head first. When confronted with the facts of the case in Hope's account, which was, which it was obvious the police believed, Robert tried to turn the tables against him and blame Mary's murder on Hope. <laughs> Bastard. Hope agreed to turn state's evidence, because what the fuck else does he have to do? <laughs> he's, he's a short order cook. I mean, well, uh... yeah. Well, he pled guilty to first degree murder and he received a life sentence. 
Robert James went on trial for the murder well, of his wife, Mary. Yeah. I know. Just give me, cut this some shit off the top. And now motherfuckers got to go see Snake Joe and people in fucking Pasadena and return snakes. He, got a trim. he tried to get a fade. That's a problem. He should have just got a trim. I wonder if he was trying. <laughs> a mullet. Yeah, that's probably what, that's probably what it was. I see? see him in the mullet. Oh, for sure. Get, he, he probably got a lot of free haircuts after that. I bet he did. Motherfucker better cut my hair free. <laughs> cut and color and style and yeah. All right. So the trial lasted five weeks, after which the jury quickly returned with a guilty verdict. Shucker. Robert James was sentenced to death by hanging. Seems fair. He fought the sentence for six years with appeals, but eventually his luck ran out. Oh. On May 9th, 1942, Our, Robert... My birthday. Uh Uh-huh. But not 1942. Might be. No. Robert Rattlesnake James kept his date with destiny. By that time, however, California had adopted a more humane form of capital punishment. Unfortunately, in James's case, he was sentenced to death prior to the adoption of the gas chamber, so he became the last man to be hanged in California. Oh. That's a distinction. Fortunately for the rest of us, the rope was the wrong length, and it took him over 10 minutes to die. You wonder if they really, you know, when they're doing that, they really measure it that closely. And it, ah, yeah, it's close park. enough. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I got to go to I got my union lunch. Let me tell all you something. All right, Randy, what's your final thoughts on Robert Rattlesnake James? They should have brought in Snake Joe and had him bit on the pecker by, by lethal or lightning. I feel like that would be a better. I think Joe's what made out like a bandit here. He just they, they just used his snakes, and he got them right back. Yeah, duh. I feel bad for Hope though. I, it yeah, he got fucked. Yeah, all he yeah, wanted, all, all, he, all wanted. he wants is a mullet. <laughs> so all he wanted, so all the kids were having crew cut or something. That's all he wanted, some brill cream on there. Poor guy. Nope, fucker gets. And he even said, "Do you know anything about snakes?" <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> he said, "No, that should have been the end of it." Yeah. Yeah, it's a, there's a lesson there, Brandy. Never trust a barber that talks to me about snakes. I do not. Uh, yeah, so you have no other final thoughts? I, I don't think so. All right. Well, we would like to thank all of you who support us on Patreon. If you would like to support the show on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash historydweebs, where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or just a wee tiny bit. Yeah, every little bit helps, and we are very, very grateful. So Brandy's going to give a shout-out to all of our wonderful Wonderful Patreon supporters. I want my fucking sticker, Timmy. That's what I want. I know. All right. So let's go here. James Seabright, Tommy Lane, Jason Dykes, Terry Stafford, Shelly Garrett, Bridget Clavey, Brandy McBride, Jennifer Savota, Maggie Glover, Mike Sadler, Jamie Dent, Maja, Tyrone, Amber Scoville, Marsha Boris, Stacey Alsop, Jody and Sean Wells. Amber Amber Anderson, yeah. Uh, ben and Rosanna from They Walk Among Us, Lorna Violet, Mike Deo, Kelly Charette, Karen Widner, Callie, Lauren Meredith, Jessica Greeno, Mike Brown from the Pleasing Terrors podcast, Sarah Bloom, Amber Croup, the Now American History podcast with Joe Hopkins, Catherine Cockgarage Richardson, Fiona Crisp. Laura O'Reilly, Christine Bourgeois, Aaron, and I really want to say A.A. Ron. Okay. Kimberly Kate, you all get it, don't you? Good. 
uh, Kimberly Cambron, Elise, History Goes Bump podcast with Diane Student, Annette Petray, Lise Jahara, Alicia and Chip, Marika Smith, Jeff and Don Chestnut, who do a podcast called Backroads to Histories, History and Poems, by Jeff. and Poems by Jeff. I have it written here if you shut up and let All me right. get to it. All right. Karen Barnes, Rachel Flynn, Shirley Strapp, Todd Long, Lydia Fisher, Phyllis Munson, Melissa Montoya, Cindy Liu, Kristen Malachinsky, Heather Poole, Adam McWaters, The Vanished Podcast. Mm, with Marissa Jones. Yes. Uh, the Canadian True Crime with Christy Lee. Insight with, Chal- with Charlie and Allie. Joe Clifford, Mistress Vader, Ron, I don't know, Mont... Man, I, I can't. I just can't do it today. Thank you, Ron. Yes, thank you, Ron. <clears throat> Tracy Smith, Jess, John V, Nene, Bridget Bernhard, Stacy, Christine Hauer, Cheryl Weldon, uh, Nicholas Pidcock, and Ryan Smith, <coughs> Julia Rodriguez, Michaela, Aaron Turner, uh, Margaret McDonald, Jess, Liam Flanagan, uh, Rachel, we want to say, uh, oh, and Rudy, the flippin' wonder dog. Yes. Um, and we also want to give a shout-out to Lady Beverly. Yes. And Beverly. Little Miss Dottie. And Mom, Happy New Year's. Yes. Thanks all of you for joining us, and hopefully next time we'll have uh, the Colonel with us. But if not, we'll get you a podcast out real soon. Any other final thoughts, Brandy? Mm, nope. Watch your gnomes. That's the lesson for today. I don't think I have any gnomes, but I will look and see. Well, you don't know unless you, unless you put a camera in your house because gnomes are known to roam around your house when you're not at home. Roaming gnomes? Yes. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.